Welcome to Privy Health's new podcast, The Break Room. Hosted just outside of our nation's capital, The Break Room is your new favorite podcast where you can grab your cup of coffee and get the breakdown from healthcare experts on the latest issues physicians are facing today. How do I become the high-performing practice in my area? What do shifts in the Affordable Care Act mean for me? How do I better understand patients as consumers? The only thing in healthcare that never changes is change itself, and previous experts are here to keep you in the know. So today's guest is Privia's Vice President of Revenue Cycle Management, Maureen Clancy, who's going to share her tips on creating an A-plus front office staff. Front office staff oversee some of the most important transactions in a practice. From greeting a patient to collecting payment information, a successful patient visit really can't be done without a high-performing front office staff. So how exactly are you going to take your practice to the next level in 2017? Our guest, Maureen, is here to share her secrets on what makes a high-performing practice. She's a senior healthcare executive specializing in physician practice management and an expert in reducing operational inefficiencies and streamlining workflows to maximize performance. Maureen has an MBA from the University of Chicago, is board certified in healthcare administration, and is a certified professional coder. Maureen will chat with the break room moderator, Kate Sloniker, who also works closely with physicians as Privia's vice president of marketing. So before we kick things off today, we want our listeners to know that they will receive the link to a teaching tool from today's conversation. So we want you to take everything you learned from today's episode and bring it right back to your staff. Listen up for more information at the end of this episode to access this resource for jumpstarting your practice in 2017. Let's turn it over to Kate and Maureen. Hi, Maureen. Thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here, Kate. So you have an incredible background and have been working healthcare for 20 years now. So as a CPA, what motivated you to want to work in this industry specifically? My motivation came from wanting to do something bigger and more important, if you will. So as a CPA, every day, you know, we work on balancing books or doing taxes or what have you. But in healthcare, even though I can't help patients per se, I can help the people who do help the patients. I got into this business back after business school and we did a billing project in my last quarter. I got to know the doctors and spent a lot of time in the hospital and walking through the hospital at night after working a long day and then having several hours of meetings with the, with the team. Um, I saw the dedication on the faces of the people who cared for these very, very sick patients and especially leaving the hospital that I was working in, you had to go through the cancer ward to get to the parking garage and that was an incredibly gut-wrenching thing and I just thought, you know what, I can either balance another set of checkbooks or I can do something to get into uh, a business where, you know, that knowledge can transfer into helping the people who are delivering care. So after the billing project was completed and we presented to the board, the administrator asked me if I wanted to come in and make a move from consulting at that time into healthcare administration. And my first answer was no, I didn't know the first thing about healthcare other than the work I had done on the billing project. And she said, that's okay because they don't know the first thing about finance, which of course was an exaggeration. They did know a lot about finance, but the point was that the doctors taught me the healthcare and the nurses and, and I helped them uh, to help turn their practice around. And, and it's been that way ever since. And so I've always worked on the physician side of healthcare. I've always believed that the physicians are the directors and should be the directors and and routers of of the patient care, not necessarily the bureaucrats at all. And so working for the physicians all the time uh, gave me a great uh, sense of accomplishment and a great sense of helping, even though, like I said, I couldn't 
you know, inject anybody or take blood or do any kind of surgery. And during your time in healthcare, you've seen your fair share of successful and unsuccessful practices adopted, especially working within our network of 1,400 providers. So the clinical aspect is one piece of a patient visit, but all of the interactions patients have with clinical staff is equally as important to patient retention as the time they spend with their physician. Front office staff are the first people that patients interact with. So what can be done to make the most of that first conversation and an impactful patient experience? Right, you're so right, Kate. The patient experience begins with the phone call. When the patient first calls the office, it's so important that the people who are receiving those phone calls, the people dealing directly with the patient are the face of the physician, they're the voice of the practice, they're the ones who are going to get the information about the patient that's gonna most help uh, the physician and the care team um, take care of things, including getting their bill paid. So it's very important that that first phone call be a patient-friendly phone call, that there's patient service aspect to it, but most importantly, to get as much information upfront as possible to help streamline their office visit. We call that here at Privy the offstage, onstage concept. We wanna do as much of the business offstage so when the patient arrives for their visit at the office, we've been expecting you, we're glad to have you here, we've got all your information, let us get you back in the back rooms of the care team can take care of you. So that front office person, whether it's the registrar or the receptionist, whatever the name is given to that role, it's vitally important in getting accurate insurance information, accurate demographic information, because that really starts the revenue cycle. There's other things that you can do as well from the beginning of the patient visit, pre-visit. Um, a lot of companies send out paper um, for people to fill out, whether they you know, fill out the forms or they direct them to their patient portal. I would recommend anybody have a patient portal because there's so many people who just want to do a lot of self-service and fill out as much as possible. So that if they do that and then somebody calls them later and says, we've got your information, we'd like to make an appointment for you, then they only need to take down that insurance information or other things that they weren't comfortable filling out on the portal. And the other thing that this will do then is to streamline the patient visit. So imagine the day when the patient would call the office, get all the information in the system so that when they did show up, all they needed to do was to check in and go back and see the patient. Meanwhile, all of the pre-work that they've done leads to a very streamlined billing practice after the fact. One of the features that we have, for example, for our front end is called card on file. We have the ability for patients to put their credit card on file with us for one visit or to leave it on file for a year. And every time then that their patient insurance adjudicates the claim, whatever the responsible amount left over would hit their credit card. They also get an email notification that this charge will be hitting. It should match the explanation of benefits that they've gotten from their insurance company by this time. And if there's any questions, they would call us. But the numbers will be the same and the charge will hit and that's the end. There's no statement sent out, there's no need for um, any confusion, everything is done up front. So again, the more that you can streamline with things like card on file or pre-registration, full pre-registration, the better off it is for the patient. Maureen, question for you about just card on file. A lot of times front desk staff feel nervous or badly about asking for a card on file, and it's a, a tough ask up front. Any recommendations for care centers, front desk staff, or whatever their, their role is when interacting with the patient on how to propose card on file and explain to the patient 
why this is so important to the practice and to the patient themselves. Absolutely. The card on file practice is a, is a standard in almost every other industry. Imagine checking into a hotel and not putting your card on file. Imagine making a plane reservation or a hotel reservation without putting your card on file. Imagine trying to buy something from Amazon. They all store the card on file. The practice is not storing that credit card information. It's being stored by a third party outside of the practice. So that's one thing. The other thing is it's really hard to ask for money in person. It's easier to set that expectation over the phone. So the registration, the person who's on the phone taking that front registration could say, by the way, our practice offers as a service to our patients a card on file option. Oh, really? What is that? That's where you can give us your credit card, swipe the credit card, you will sign a contract. We all, you can see the contract, we'll print out a copy for you, we'll set the expectations up front that you'll get an email five days prior to anything hitting your account. We've got a customer service line you can call in case there's any questions about what is going to hit your account. And the only thing that will hit it is the amount that your insurance company has said that you owe after they've adjudicated the claim. That's easy to explain to people, especially if it's either in writing, which we have handouts for our staff, or it's over the phone. You know, the more efficient your front office is, the faster the patients can get back to see the doctor. Again, the offstage, onstage concept, that when the patient is in the office, getting back in to see the provider, and getting through the office visit as quickly as possible, and having their attention focused on their clinical care, not on their financial matters, is going to make for a better patient experience. It would also open up the opportunity for um, expansion of the practice. Imagine if the patients all were on time and you got through the patient visit without having to wait on the patient while they're doing paperwork or whatever up front, and it opened your schedule a little bit more. If you only see an additional two or three patients, say three patients a day, you know, you can make another $5,000 a month as a practitioner, $60,000 a year, very easily. Three patients a day would not be hard to do so long as you clear out the inefficiencies. And the easiest one to clear out is any kind of wait time in the waiting room. In fact, I'd love to see waiting rooms have a different name to them. They shouldn't be waiting. The patient should be coming back right away. The doctor should not be waiting on the patient to fill out forms. So again, if you focus on the pre-registration, get all that information up front, then you'll have a faster process through your office and, and ultimately a better patient experience and then a better financial experience for the practice. Let's finish up with just anything else that the person on the phone can do in pre-registration to streamline the process with patients. Sure. Um, one of the other things that is often overlooked, and again, it's hard to do because you're asking for money, is to remind the patient of any outstanding prior balances that they have. So while you're on the phone with the patient, getting their insurance information, making sure that they understand their time for the visit and everything else, you can say, by the way, uh, we see that you still have a $50 outstanding charge. How would you like to settle that balance today? We can take that credit card over the phone for you right now. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not able to pay you right now, but I will come in and pay you before my visit. Okay, that's the expectation of our practice. So I'll make a note on your record that you had agreed to pay for the $50 charge. Let's say, however, a patient has a $300 charge, and that's a little bit too much for anybody to write in one check. One of the things that you can offer is a payment plan. You can say, by the way, Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith, we have payment plan options available. Oh, you do? Tell me about that. And again, you're on the phone with the patient. It's not in the face-to-face -face encounter. 
it's an on the phone and you say to them, well, we can set you up with a 20% down and we'll bill you every month. If you put your credit card there, we'll, you know, we'll have those bills adjudicated to your credit card straight away. So every month the patient pays that balance and it, it helps the patient because they're not going to be able to write a $300 check perhaps, but they could certainly write maybe a $20 or $30 or $40 check. So payment options are great. The other thing that we offer for our patients is a prepayment option. So let's say somebody's coming in and they're going to have a procedure done that's a $2,000 out-of-pocket. And as everybody knows, more and more responsibility is falling to the patients these days. About 18, 19% of all of the money that a medical practice brings in. About 18 to 19% of all cash collected by a medical practice these days is paid by the patient. That's up about 8 or 10% from about five years ago. So the out-of-pocket maximums are rising. What we can all do to help is to set up prepayment plans for patients. So if somebody is having a procedure or, for example, delivering a baby, you can say, look, we can start now. If your procedure is in six months, why don't you put down X amount? We'll keep that in a holding account, and that way you can spread out your payments. Another way to do this would be, say, a pediatrics office. If a patient is coming in and has three children and the kids all need shots and they need back to schools and they need all of these things, guess what? We can smooth out, much like a budget plan would be for your electric company, we can smooth this out if you'd like to pay us $50 a month, and then we'll adjudicate the balance. The more flexibility that a doctor's office can give with the patients to solve their out-of-pocket amounts, the better. And the more friendly your billing practices, the more likely you are to get that money. Now the patient has arrived at the office. Um, what can staff do to play a role in this patient experience and making it as seamless as possible now that they have arrived? Right. Here's the onstage portion of the visit where the patient has shown up. They're nervous, perhaps. They could be sick. Um, they could be understanding that they owe money. So not only sick and owing money, bad combination. They could be in a hurry. Who knows what? So you have to take into account the patient's position. This is not somebody going into a retail outlet to, you know, to buy a blouse or something. This is a patient who's coming into an office who's going to have, you know, maybe potentially even some bad news. So the more positive and friendly that first encounter is with the office, the better. We want to definitely, when patients come in, to look up. Even if you're on the phone, look up and signal somehow, I'll be right with you, so that the patient doesn't feel like they're not wanted. Um, the quicker you can get them through the waiting room, the better. So to have, again, all of the information up front, all the registration information, then what you need to do is you collect the insurance card, you scan it, hopefully you have an electronic scanner into your system. You also verify that the patient is who they say they are. So you wanna get a copy of the driver's license and verify that against the insurance card. And then make sure that they have any updates to their information that have been filled out in advance. If there's any blanks on that, ask the patient kindly to fill out the blanks, perhaps even while they're waiting. Then they turn in the paperwork and, and they go back in to see the provider. You know, one of the other features that you can have to help streamline that front end check-in is to have a kiosk. A lot of practices are going to the kiosk. And again, just like having somebody on the phone ask for money, it's even easier if a kiosk is asking for money. And so the patients check in at the kiosk. A lot of people like self-service. Not everybody does, so you want to have a mix. But a lot of people do like self-service. And, and you'll swipe your credit card, you'll, you'll swipe your insurance card, 
fill in any of your missing demographic information and then have a seat and the information transfers back. Kiosks have been used successfully in many, many industries, including car rentals and hotels and airlines. Same kind of concept exists in a doctor's office. Some might think that a kiosk is, is depersonalizing the check-in process. Other people find it to be um, a great tool, especially uh, folks who are very comfortable using technology for something like that. With a kiosk, you can also have steps in place in the process that patients need to complete before they can move on to the next step. So for example, if you're really trying to encourage payment upfront, especially of co-pays and any outstanding balances, having a kiosk there is a very helpful tool because the kiosk will say, by the way, you owe us $50 from your previous visit, swipe here and you can go to step two. And, and this way the patient will swipe their card and make sure that it's paid and you know, you're good to go. Contrast that with somebody at the front desk looking down at the paper and kind of sheepishly asking, oh, by the way, did you know, yeah, you've got this bill. Um, it's okay if you can't pay. You know, we, we don't really worry about it. That's typically what will happen because people are very, it's not a comfortable position for people to find themselves in. So again, having that kiosk out there, collect the correct demographic information. You can get the images of the cards and the images of the driver's license if that's what you collect um, and your, your prior balance can be paid before check-in. So customer service is obviously key. Any tips for front desk staff training, um, places to go to get resources to work with staff? Obviously, we work with a lot of small practices that might not have the resources for a lot of technology and, and kiosks until they come to Privia. Um, what do you recommend for the smaller practices that you know want to get their front desk staff trained in customer experience from the get-go? I would definitely say that you want to hire the right person to start with. You want to look for somebody who has compassion, who has empathy, who has patience, somebody who is thorough in their work, somebody who will take this very seriously but yet have a very compassionate side to them. Um, you know, one of the greatest dissatisfiers in the medical business is the experience with the billing staff. You can look at Prescani scores, you can look at any kind of um, scores of physician. Everybody loves their doctor, but they, oh, they just don't like the person at the front desk. Or last time you walked in, the person didn't look up. Or the, um, the phone, I had to wait on hold forever. So I would say any kind of customer service training, taking a look at some of the examples even from outside the industry. So if you look at companies like Zappos or you look at companies like Starbucks and you think about, you know, what have they done? There's so many tools that you can do in just generalized customer service. The other thing that I would suggest for the front desk is scripting. And that is literally to have a piece of paper until somebody learns it and, and it becomes second nature for them. I would have a piece of paper that says this is what we say to patients when they come in. So it becomes second nature over time, but it's consistent because what you don't want to have for the patients is an inconsistent, oh, yesterday I was there and they were very nice to me. Today, however, I had a different person and they weren't so nice to me. More consistent, patient-friendly, smile-in-your-voice kind of approach, it's going to go a long way to help relax the patient and get them in the right frame of mind for coming back in to see the provider. Great. So we see more focus on working with patients after the visit is over. We know that you know investing in staff to make sure patients understand next steps and understand their financial responsibilities is really important. What can teams focus on to make sure that after the visit also goes smoothly? So front desk staff, in order to be successful in a practice, it's very, very important that they get the right training. 
the right training from the office manager, the right direction from the lead physician to say this is the tone that we want our office to take. This is the way we're going to handle the patient's accounts. This is how we're going to approach customer service. That tone is set out by the leadership in the office. And then the question becomes, well, how do we go about getting people trained up to that? And how do we have a consistent delivery of that day in and day out? Because it's hard work. There's no question. This is one of the hardest jobs. And having um, also the added responsibility of the financial collection is, is you know, an additional burden. There's a training available. Professional associations like the Medical Group Management Association, Healthcare Financial Management Association have got either online learnings or classroom learnings. You can send folks away for training. There's, there's all kinds of things to do, but I find the easiest thing to do is to determine the um, approach your practice wants to take, have scripting for the front desk staff and have training on that, have people shadowing to make sure that you take your better performers and have other people shadowing. And, um, or of course, you know, being part of Privia. Uh, what Privia offers to our practices is pr that professional management. It's that assistance to the office manager to help identify you know, new trends, to help identify new trainings, and to help find some of the gaps. So when we look at the data, both the performance consulting team as well as the team of accounts receivable managers, we're looking at the health of your accounts receivable, we're looking at the financial health of your practice, in addition to other things on the performance team. But it's that additional bolstering of talent that comes and sort of wraps our arms around your practice to say, here's how we can help you. And you might be struggling, but we've got another 300 groups, and this is how our best performers are doing it. Or these are some of the tips we've learned from others. Or you've got your own internal professional association, if you will, coming to our office manager summits, kind of learning through other people's successes. And we can give you the data to support this. So you, armed with data, you can make change. And we can help track that data as well. So we'll give you the reports that show the performance at the front desk on time of service collections, for example, or post-claim uh, follow-up time. All of these metrics are very important to manage your practice most professionally. And again, that's another uh, benefit of the Privia practices. You know, Privia is doing extremely well. We've been recognized from the Healthcare Financial Management Association as having one of the top revenue cycles in the country. We won the prestigious MAP Award from HFMA last year. There were three physician groups recognized throughout the country, and Privy is proud to be one of them. And this came at a lot of hard work. There were a lot of people involved in designing our practices to help carry out the practices, to help the offices and the staffs to really perform at their best. This is not something that happened at the corporate office. This is the result of what's happening at the clinics, at the care centers themselves. And it's, it's a combination of a partnership between our care centers, our doctors, and the Privia team to help make this happen. Well, congratulations for the MAP Award, Maureen, because it's pretty impressive in the second year of business that you would be recognized nationally for the work that you and your team and our care centers have done. So we're extremely proud of that. So thank you. And thank you for all of your time today and your tips and tricks. We're going to be sending this out to the care centers that are listening um, and hope that they can make an impact on their practice. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for listening to our first episode of The Break Room. We are so excited to share these tips from today's episode so you can take everything that you've heard today right back to your team. You can find a resource 
from today's episode at go.privia, that's P-R-I-V-I-A, health.com backslash the break room. Look out for our next episode on February 22nd on expectations for healthcare in 2017, featuring our national practice leader, Scott Dish. If you want to subscribe to future episodes, rate today's episode, or learn more about what we do here at Privia, again, please visit go.privia, that's P-R-I-V-I-A, health.com backslash the break room. You can also reach the Privia team at 888-996-0232. Thanks. Thank you.